The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. There's a race for solutions to make live events safe. There's the technology where you provide, and particularly the intelligence through the combined data that exists within these systems, it makes that app response absolutely relevant just to every individual. That's Adam Goodyear, CEO of Real Life Tech, who is actively looking for the solution to the big question. What happens when we go back? This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. This is a big week for the idea of a return to normal and how modern that in-stadium experience can be. If you missed our last episode with Goodyear Goodyearson of Oz Sports, you have to check it out as he is helping make the virtual experience all the more real. Well, today it's Adam Goodyear who wants you to know that even before a pandemic began, optimizing your live sporting experience, it was already in the works. So we're still waiting here in America for most of the team sports to come back. And at that point, they will, and likely without fans, or in some cases, very, very few. But let's be optimistic here. One day, we're going to sit in some stadiums and watch some sporting events again. And Adam Goodyear, the CEO of Real Life Tech, is going to help us with that. It's an experience automation platform that is working with some of the leagues and the teams overseas. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm very well, Brown. How are you? We're doing great. Um, tell us about the work you're doing as you try to get us back to the normal life of going to see a sporting event. Sure. Um, so we're, we're a, a technology company that, that exists to uh, improve people's experiences at sporting events and music concerts and all the way through them to shopping malls and, and theme parks. Our goal is to, to make it easier to make it quicker and then particularly these days safer to attend and enjoy those experiences. And what we've been working on with uh, our clients, who, as you rightly said, are some of the, uh, some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment, um, is what we're calling our COVID Fan Safety Hub. Uh, and the COVID Fan Safety Hub is there to utilize the data that exists within these operations and organizations to to do things like reduce crowding, uh, reduce the amount of time that people are standing in line, uh, making it easier for people to use particularly their mobile phones and their mobile apps to find things of good value within the stadiums, um, and also to know where to go when you get there and when to get in to make that whole experience safer. Uh, and really, that's been our, our sole focus for the last few months. Uh, so tell us about some of the results. Who, who are you working with um, overseas and, and what have you implemented so far? Sure. So we're only just starting to, to implement this, just as events are now only starting to come back. So I'll give you an example of, of how, it, how, it, 
how it works. So we're uh, we're partnered with the Indy 500, which um, which uh, hopefully will be coming back with uh, with fans at the beginning of, of August. So uh, for fans who are going to the Indy 500, uh, they're obviously going to be excited about uh, witnessing this great event and you know being back there in the real world. But there's uh, there's bound to be concerns around. Uh, if it is it going to be safe, and how are we uh, going to be able to reduce the congestion at such a, a large event? Um, so, what we're doing there is it's as simple as you download the app for the Indy 500. When you download the app and then you log in and give your consent uh, for us and IMS to pull the data that exists. Uh, on you from things like your ticketing transactions, from how you use the app, from the security uh, entrances and exits, from the, the cash registers or Wi-Fi logins. And then we are telling that app specifically how to respond with safety messages, with information on exactly where each individual should go uh, based on where their ticket is, at what time they should come in, allowing them to order the most relevant products to them that are then either delivered to their seat in a safe and social distance environment or to give them a time slot to be able to to collect. So everything we're focusing on with the Indy 500 is around reducing the congestion, the unnecessary congestion, Hmm. whilst still at the same time creating a great fan experience. And so we're talking about concessions. If you want to order food, if you have to use the restroom, this is going to help you streamline that type of service as well. Is that what we're talking about? That's exactly right. Anywhere where you would usually be going, where you're having to spend unnecessary time uh, waiting in line or trying to find where to go, the, the idea is that the, the technology we provide, and particularly the intelligence through the combined data that exists within these systems, it makes that app response absolutely relevant just to every individual. So where you are, where you're sitting, where you want to go, how you can avoid those lines, uh, all within the app that sits in the palm of your hand. Tell me about the, the team or the league, or in, in that case, the event, as they try to coordinate this with you as well. I, I could see where it wouldn't be that difficult to monitor what's happening in restrooms, and you could see what the traffic pattern looks like there to give somebody uh, the advice on where they should go. But when you're trying to coordinate with buying food, potentially buying uh, merchandise, um, what do you need from the team, the league, or the event to ensure that that can happen in the way that you envision? Sure. I mean, the, the, the good thing is that with, particularly with our COVID fan safety hub, that, that a lot of the technology is inbuilt already. So there, there isn't the need to link in any external systems. It already exists. What, what is usually a, a prerequisite is uh, having a clear way to communicate with that individual fan. And the best way to do that is with that event, that team, um, or uh, that destination's mobile app. Um, this is really a time, and I think this is a, this is a key thing where the utility of mobile apps within uh, within sports stadiums or events uh, has sometimes been a little bit more limited than it should be. That this is the opportunity to ensure that 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 product becomes something that is vital to the experience. So, really, what what we would be looking for is to to be ensuring that we're linking into that 
sports teams app, that destinations app, or if they don't have one, that that's something that can be provided as part of that solution. But really, that's the only main thing uh, that is needed. Now, the more sophisticated the operation, um, so we work with the O2 Arena in, in London and, and Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Premier League soccer team uh, in London as well, uh, with a, a new huge uh, billion-dollar stadium. That there are multiple systems there um, that people are interacting with. So the more systems that we can integrate with, the, the better. But initially, off the bat, what we wanted to do was make it something that could roll out and help make fans safer uh, with very, very little integration. But obviously, the more that we've got and the more data we can take, the more personalized that experience becomes. I mean, obviously, all of this is paramount for, for all these events and the leagues. Once jurisdictions around the world allow fans to go back and witness live sporting events, take me back pre-pandemic because this didn't just start for you when COVID-19 hit. Um, what was the goal? What were you working on? And what has and what was obviously been accelerated here that was part of the priorities that you were working on before we knew what was about to happen to the world? Sure, sure. So uh, it's always been our view that, uh, that a better experience of real-world environment, particularly in, in sport and entertainment, can be had by making the systems that people interact with, uh, just in terms of their everyday experience of to, uh, going to these, these events, to make those smarter. So what we were working on uh, is to be able to uh, to make mobile apps, uh, websites, email communication, uh, the point of sale systems, make them smart based on the data across the entire fan journey. Um, so we've been acting a bit like a, uh, a brain and a nervous system of multiple sporting and entertainment environments where we're pulling all of that data together creating a single view of that individual fan, and then whether they're interacting on app or hitting the website or paying over the counter, that that data is collected and those systems can make an intelligent response. Um, principally prior to the pandemic, that was about two things, creating a better fan experience, a more personalized fan experience, and increasing revenue. Um, so either through the amount that fans are spending or through the ability to be able to unlock more sponsorship opportunities. Now, that's obviously, there, is, there, there are big crossovers between a living with COVID uh, environment where safety also becomes paramount. But really, you know, whether it was pre or living with COVID or post-COVID, being able to data that exists to create a single view of the fan and be able to respond to them however they are interacting with you digitally is an important thing to, to get hold of for, for sports teams and sports entities we feel. Let's talk about the sponsorship opportunity. Obviously, if people agree that you have their data now or the team has the data, however you want to look at that, and there is sponsorship opportunity that is there. Um, what's the line for you all? Obviously, if I'm going to a game, I would love to know what the shortest bathroom line is, what food I can get quickly. Maybe there are some offerings I didn't even know that were in the building and I would be interested in buying that or there's some kind of sale of merchandise and all that would be of interest to me. But the sponsorship part and the direct advertising to me, what is the line in your mind for that? So we feel, and I, and I think many, many in sports feel that the, that this is still a hugely underutilized opportunity. 
the ability to be able to to utilize data uh, and the, the right and relevant sponsorship messaging to create a better fan experience. But uh, our view is that there are a lot of innovations that are happening and a lot of desire, uh, but still sponsorship within sports is an old-fashioned model that's based on multiple eyeballs. Uh, with the ability to be able to, to unify the data that exists across multiple team systems, and this, this is whether they are in stadium or whether they're interacting via social or however they are uh, accessing that data ecosystem, is to be able to get the right sponsor message to the right fan at the right time. And this is something that's always existed, you know, ever since the sort of rise of, of digital uh, with, the, with the Facebooks and the Googles of this world. But now it's starting to exist within these real world environments. And this is the, 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 the main point and the biggest opportunity that we see is to create this real world network of data that sponsors can utilize in order to uh, to get the fan at the right time. So you don't want just your your message to appear you know, on billboards everywhere. That's one use case. But you want to ensure that depending upon how a fan is feeling, that the message that they receive, if they are looking more at their mobile app or they're interacting more over the counter, that the message is given to them at that right time. And that's where we see the biggest opportunity to be able to target individual fans uh, relevant to their emotion and to their journey with the right sponsor message. I mean, it's, it's interesting. We, we, I talked to a, a team owner not that long ago who is talking about rethinking the idea of a season ticket package or partial ticket package to his games that would include things like uh, a subscription to a streaming network, um, a discount for Uber, uh, all sorts of type of things that might go into that specific fan because he was admitting what we know about our fans or what we have known is that they like our team, but not much else. Um, it sounds like that's what mm -hmm. you're talking about too, that they're, you already know the one baseline thing. They're there because they like your team, but you don't actually know much else about them. And this is a way to find out who these people are and, and what their interests are. Completely agree. And I, I think you can go even further that, that we have an ethos around what we call active data, that we feel that, that, that in the world at the moment, uh, you know, and even pre-COVID, that data is a passive thing and has always been a passive thing. It is collected on people. That if you can reverse that, and we're very, very clear on, on data ownership, for example. We get asked a lot by, uh, by clients and people in, in, in the industry, yeah, but who owns the data? And our answer is always the individual owns their data. No one else should own data on you apart from you. But what the, the sports team should be thinking about is that the key thing that they've got is those channels of communication with the fan at the right time to utilize the data that fans willingly give in order to provide them with a better experience. So what we work a lot on is creating fan inputs into the data set so that fans can say the type of things that they want we can talk about how they are feeling at a particular time and then aligning sponsorship messages alongside that journey. And I think the, 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 the use case that, that you said there, Bram, is really, really key is, you know, when do you want to give someone a, uh, a free subscription to Uber or a free ride, for example? It's when you feel that they need it most. You know, getting to the stadium, if there's congestion in one area, putting them around in another area. These types of things are the things that would really delight fans and create a, uh, a relationship with not just the stadium, not just the team, 
but with that sponsor that is incredibly special. I mean, the other thing that feels apt to it too is um, there were always impulse purchases that occurred in the middle of the night when people used to watch television and there would be advertisements for various different items in the middle of the night and you're almost asking someone to have a call to action at an unusual time into the heightened state. You go to a, a sporting event or a concert, you probably are in a different state, and, and there seems to be something there as well, that there's a possibility you catch people at the right time, they're more apt to act on it. And again, we completely agree that, uh, that, that there is a real opportunity, especially in sports and, and entertainment, to lead the way in how data can represent and understand emotion and how that you can take the right emotion and match that with the right message, whether it's from the team itself, whether it's from a, a sponsor ecosystem, uh, to react to that emotion and when where someone is within their journey. Uh, and, and this is the unique thing about sports and sponsorship, that it provides that opportunity to, to harness that emotion. But you can only do that if you have a, a deep understanding of the data ecosystem that sits within your entire environment. Uh, you know, and that includes every single touch point that, that a fan will interact with. For now, I just want to be able to go back to the games. So hopefully that will happen and hopefully we will be able to do it safely. Adam Goodyear is the CEO of Real Life Tech. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brown. On the next Future Sport Podcast. And so all of a sudden, you know, they were booking these, you know, the League of Legends events. Now in, in Los Angeles at the Staples Center or Madison Square Garden, and they're selling out, you know, in minutes. And so our MBA owner started coming to the Board of Governor meeting saying, hey, we need to go, we need to look closer at this esports, you know, this growing esports ecosystem. As we get closer to the expected return of the NBA playoffs, we check in with Brendan Donahue, Managing Director of NBA 2K, which was the lifeblood of basketball during the hiatus. That will do it for us this week. Have a great holiday weekend and be safe. And as always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.